Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to The Shapes of Stories, a podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige, as your host. Stories come in all shapes and sizes, whether it be from our favourite books, our life experiences, or the day-to-day challenges and issues we face in the world today. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Shapes of Stories with me, Lawrence Prestige. And yeah, really excited to bring you this new episode as uh, I'm quite proud of this, of this episode because uh, I'm joined by the wonderful Isabel Papas. And um, hopefully I said your second name right, Isabella. I apologise if I haven't. Uh, but I've known Isabella for quite a few years now. Such a talented, talented young person. Um, she's been kind of on working on the workshop uh, for one of my books, Terror at the Sweet Shop, the musical, that's been sort of adapted slowly. And, you know, obviously with COVID, it's sort of a, you know, um, freezing at the minute. But anyway, I digress. Um, Isabella, I've known for a couple of years, like super, super talented Um yeah, can't, you know, she can sing, act, dance, she, you know, and talking to her, um, you know, found out she's passionate about writing as well. Um, yeah, you know, I was quite, you know, and I, I obviously saw her recently um, on the television show Finding Alice and I was watching it and I was like, I got quite emotional watching it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was like a proud big brother because I've known Isabella, sort of seen her as a, you know, um, I'm trying to think how old she would be when I met her, but I guess about sort of 15, 16 years old. And sort of now seeing her as an 18-year-old playing such a wonderful part in the show Finding Alice and quite, you know, uh, in, a, in an emotional story. You know, she plays a, a daughter that's lost her father and trying to pick her mum back up. You know, it's a really, a really strong part that she's got and she does it wonderfully well. Um, you know, she's a part of a wonderful cast, um, which we talk about, you know, and uh, yeah, just really proud of Isabella. And, um, you know, I'm going to predict that she's going to be one of the biggest stars in the country. That's my prediction, just because, you know, I very rarely get blown away by talent, but Isabella is one of those people that just blows me away every time I see her perform. And uh, yeah, and really excited for you. For those of you that are yet to see Isabella's work, I'm looking forward for you guys to to listen to her chat and make sure you tune in to find it, Alice. Uh, I believe there's going to be a second series of it as well on ITV. So um, yeah, be sure to check that out. And I know there's some big things in the works, Isabella. And yeah, I really look forward to, um, for you guys to check them out. But yeah, um, be sure to check us out on social media. Be sure to check us out on Twitter under um, at Shapes of Stories. You could follow me on Instagram under Prestige Books and on my Facebook pages, Lawrence Prestige and the Shapes of Stories on Facebook as well. But without further ado, here is my chat with the wonderful Isabella Papas. Right, so I guess first things first, how uh, have you been doing over this last year, COVID year? So I've actually been doing, I think I'm one of those people who sort of actually benefited in a sense from the lockdown, I think mentally. Um, I really got to spend a lot of time with my family, which was nice, well my mum, because my dad was away flying because he's a pilot. Um, But it was really great in the sense that I feel like I'm a lot closer now with my family and I really appreciate now the time that I 
got to spend with my family because a lot of my family lives in Italy and obviously I couldn't go see them because of COVID and I was so used to being able to you know see them at Christmas and like that was just the thing that happened every year and then this year obviously I wasn't able to um and they announced they announced that we couldn't leave the country oh wow the day before my fight so we woke up at four in the morning my mum and I to get ready to go on our flight and then we saw and we were like oh my god yeah. We can't go. They cancelled it. So, I think it, it's really, but it's made me take everything. Kind of, it's really made me appreciate everything that I have and everything that I got to do before COVID. But like mm. now, just small things, you know, like going for a walk. Yeah, seems like a huge outing for me. So I kind of, I've, I've learned to appreciate kind of the smaller things, I guess. Yeah. So how old? How old are you now? But I'm, I'm eighteen now. 18 now so I said so you should be able to like, like 18 that's kind of like a year of celebration for you right but I guess that's kind of been in a way taken away from you like going out and sort of exam results partying and you know meeting new people and doing things has that been difficult to kind of accept as an 18 year old well I think it was more difficult for a lot of my friends in the sense that I'm mm-hmm. I don't really like going out <laughs> sounds awful it sounds no, okay. awful for an actress as well because like acting you know like you have to go out and like mingle and I mean, like, if it's for an acting function or something, then I like it. But I don't know. I'm just, I I really like staying at home. (laughs) But now I think that probably after COVID, I'll kind of have to, you know, get out because, like, why would you stay at home after this? You know, you've been at home for so long. So, um, yeah, Yeah. for, for my 18th, I mean... It was like a small celebration. I was actually lucky because they eased up the restrictions and I was able to go fly back to Italy and see my family for my birthday. But we didn't do anything like big. Like We just kind of had a dinner um, at home. Uh, but I, I, to be honest, for me, that was the perfect birthday. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been even busy over the last year as well. Like, well, obviously, we're finding Alice. How was that whole experience been like I've watched the first few episodes I've got to catch up but yeah it's been really great watching it so far I mean how was it like I suppose first how was it like filming during a pandemic is that it's a strange well it was really weird as well because we started before the pandemic so we started right in January and then it was kind of weird because we would be coming to work and you know like the headlines kept being about COVID and we were like what is this what is Mm. this and then one day we were filming and they said, can everyone just stay back for a second, please? And then they just stood up and they said, we don't, we we can't, you're not going to be coming in tomorrow. We were like, what? They're like, yeah, yeah, we're shutting down. Oh. And we were all so confused. And we said, well, when do you think we're going to come back? And they were like, well, hopefully in like a month, but we don't know. And it wasn't a month, it was six months. Mm. So it was kind of crazy because we started filming. And also it's a show about grief. So when we started filming, I think that, we were kind of filming in a, I guess, happier world environment. Um, and then when we came back, we were filming in kind of this different world where, you know, so many people now have experienced grief. So I think the show became a lot more relevant to a lot of people. Like I got a lot of messages after the show came out about how like people had lost their dads in like during lockdown, during the lockdown, like to COVID and stuff, and that the show really helped them deal with it. And I just thought that, like, for me, that was, like, the nicest feedback I could get because 
like you want the show to help people that's like the main goal and I think that oddly it actually came at a time when people needed it most if that makes sense Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so it's, I mean, so what? I mean, what was it like? I suppose finding that character in Charlotte that's got the teenager that's going through grief. Like, was that really interesting for you to kind of explore? It was, yeah. Um, I really yeah. enjoyed the way that Charlotte was written. I've said this before in a few interviews, but when I first read the script, I think that something that's really interesting about her is that she's very emotionally reserved, and that's firstly. For someone who, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm reading loads of scripts about teenage girls because that's, like, the part time. When you're a teenager, you pretty much only audition for kind of your age bracket. Um, And so I kind of, you know, you notice a pattern in, like, the way that teenage girls are written. And this completely broke it in the sense that normally they're written as really over-emotional. And she's not at all. She's really emotionally reserved, which is actually... a trait that you see typically in scripts more in men um you see written like more male characters that are like that which is weird because uh, in my experience like my male friends aren't like that they're all really in touch with their emotions (laughs) I don't know maybe I'm just lucky maybe I've just got really nice guy friends I don't know um (laughs) but then another thing that I thought was really interesting was the fact that she's written as very family orientated like they ask her later Mm -hmm. on in the script and the later episodes. I don't know how many you've watched, but um, Joanna Lumley asked my character, she says, oh, God, why don't you just get a boyfriend? Like, why don't you get a boyfriend? He could help you kind mm. of deal with this, kind of. And she says, no, I don't, I don't want a boyfriend. But it's kind of, I think, in the sense, because she, maybe she does want a boyfriend. She talks about liking someone at school, but the fact of the matter is, is that for her, the most important thing is taking care of her mom. And I think that, that's a really nice quality to be able to see in a teenager because I feel like a lot of the time they're written where, oh, they meet a boy and then, oh, who cares about my family? Let's go and, you know, have a romance. Whereas that's not really the reality for a lot of people. I think that teenagers, especially nowadays, I guess, are really, I mean, like a lot of my friends, they're very family orientated. And even if they're not, you kind of, I feel like teenagers, they will always find a way to make a family of some sort. If they can't find that at home, they will be family orientated in some way, whether that family is their friends. And I think that it's nice to see that kind of loyalty represented in a teenage character. Yeah, Yeah. I suppose, I suppose as well, like it's going back to the sort of times we're in at the minute, it's really nice to see that as well, isn't it? Because I guess people that are going through that sort of grief as well at the minute and teenagers are probably not having to get you know not able to kind of go out there and enjoy the parties and stuff at the minute they are having to sort of see how mum and dad are doing as well at the minute because they're probably going through really hard times sort of not knowing about pressures with their jobs or grief or losing parents that are elderly Uh, they might have lost their job like I say so yeah I guess for teenagers it's a really interesting watch as well yeah it is I think that it's it's great for me I'm really happy as well I just think that the writing in the show is so amazing because it's so complex in the sense that it doesn't adhere to one genre which I really like because mm-hmm. most of my favorite shows are kind of like that I wouldn't be able to kind of put them into one genre um, and I know that yeah. we've got a lot of some people were like really confused and they didn't like that but the thing is is that what I found really interesting was that I got messages from people, all the people that had experienced grief, like firsthand, 
they all said that the fact that the comedy was mixed in so much into the kind of grief and darkness of it, they said that that's realistic for them. So it was actually one of the most realistic. I got a message from a girl who said it was one of the most realistic kind of representations that she'd seen. That was really amazing, you know, for me to hear because, like, who doesn't want to be part of something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think in the first episode of Point House, it's really nice as well because I know Charlotte's just, you know, she's just lost yeah. her dad at the end of the day, but she's really focusing on her mum. You know, I guess the initial thing you'd think the teenager's going to be absolutely devastated, probably more so than the mum would be but your your character's really just making sure mum's okay you're taking the bottle away from her sort of getting her up in the morning so yeah that was I mean that was really interesting to watch yeah I really like how maternal kind of she takes on parental role and I think that that's quite truthful it seems weird when you kind of read it but then when it's put into action it makes so much sense um yeah because that is really I mean from seeing I have a lot of friends who've had to deal with things like this um, a lot of my friends actually have lost their fathers, oddly, um, quite recently. And they, I think, really do kind of have to hold it together because they they are sort of the glue, I find, a lot of the time in grief. The children are kind of the glue that holds the adults together when something like that happens. Yeah. Because also, she is kind of the last thing that she's got that is a part of Harry in the show. Well, at the beginning, yeah. but, you know. Um, and I think that that's something that... I feel like Charlotte has to deal with a lot in the show, but that is something that she really holds on to, that she is part of her dad, and that she kind of feels like, because he's gone now, she has the responsibility of having to care for her mum. Because I think mm-hmm. that Harry yeah. was kind of a lot more like Charlotte in terms of personality, whereas Alice and Charlotte yeah. are quite different. So I think that it's interesting mm-hmm. that she kind of has to step into his role as well as fulfilling her own. So it's kind of a really weird balance, yeah. but I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Have you got quite a few like feedback from, I guess, friends and, and things like that, or people that watch the show about people that are going through some, maybe something similar? Have you had feedback about, about your character? Yeah, I have actually. Um, I got, I mean, I keep getting messages. I feel really lucky. Um, It's one of the first times when I thought, you know, Instagram is actually such a good way to reach out to people. I've never experienced it like that before. Um, I've never gotten Mm -hmm. kind of kind messages from strangers. And I've gotten so many messages and people would just send me paragraphs and paragraphs telling me about their personal story and how they've lost their father or their mum or, you know, someone really close to them. And... One girl messaged me and I nearly cried when I read it because it was so sweet. She said that um, Charlotte as a character made her feel like it was okay to not break down because you don't want to kind of let everyone else down around you. So Charlotte made her Mm -hmm. feel like it was okay to hold things in if that's the way that you cope with it. And I felt so, I just, I don't know, that just was, it's really great to be able to be a part of something that kind of can help people. I, yeah. I've yeah. never experienced it so and much before, and I'm I'm really grateful. Yeah, and what an amazing cast that you had, right? For finding Alice, Keely Horse, <laughs> Nigel Havis, Joanna Lumbly. I mean, did you, did you have to kind of pinch yourself that you're kind of you know for one of your first sort of television gigs, I suppose, that you're kind of working with such renowned people? Yeah, I mean, people. they're all so kind yeah. as well. They're all great role models. 
they teach you so much I mean I said to someone that being on Finding Alice was kind of like being it I don't know it's like a crash course in in the whole of like TV I mean it's amazing you've got these like screen legends there that you can just learn from and pull things from and I mean it's also just great because like who doesn't want you know to be friends with Joanna Lumley I mean they're all so funny as well they're all so kind they've all got great personalities which I mean Mm. I find a lot of the time with people when I've met people that are kind of quite well known and stuff a lot of the time half of it is the fact that they're such nice people that they're just really employable and people just want to work with them because they're just so nice Mm -hmm. so I think that that was something that I've really realized on set is that you know there's no point in kind of like because sometimes I'll have to do you know reads and stuff with people that are really like well known I get really nervous and stuff you know for auditions but um there's no point in getting like crazy nervous because you know those people are successful for a reason not just because they're good actors but also because they're good people most of the time you know so mm-hmm. I mean yeah I just I feel really lucky yeah. they're all great and I guess I guess you learned quite a lot Definitely. on set with yeah, them as well, I right? so much from them. <laughs> One of the main things I learned, I think, I've said this a lot, but I just can't stress it enough, is I've really learned, especially from Keely, to be a considerate actress. And I never knew what that meant until Finding Alice. Um, and Keely really taught me about how, you know, you need to always give 100% to the performance, even when you're not the one that's being filmed even when you're the one that's standing behind the camera for the shot of them. Um, Because it helps the other person with their performance and that's consideration on your part. And when you you do that for someone else, they'll do it for you. And then all together, it's going to be a better show because of that. So that was something I really learned that I think I would always take with me. So I'm, I'm really lucky. Yeah, and Keely's been smashing it as well, hasn't she? She's been doing some yeah. finalists. It's a sin as well. And um, I watched her recently in the Roald Dahl um, film, yeah, Sky, which you played. Absolutely amazing role in that as Patricia, as Patricia Neal. So, yeah, you're in, definitely in good hands with the, yeah. the, the actors that you've been working with, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I feel so lucky that also I can kind of just... It's a strange feeling being able to kind of just text Keely. Like, if, I, if I'm like, mm. oh... Hi, Katie. I miss you. I can just text her whenever I want. Or, like, I, I email with Joanna a lot. Me and Joanna email each other quite a lot. Um, and we have, like, these great conversations. And uh, I like to talk to her about her travel documentaries. Kind of, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they're wonderful. And so I like yeah. talking to her about that on email. Um, but she's great. I mean, everyone's great. Yeah. I love them all. They're just genuinely yeah, so, great people. So I feel really lucky yeah. that they I mean, were the cast that I got to work with. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've been performing for most of your teenage life, right? Yeah. I suppose. yeah. As a child as well, yeah. I was 11. Uh, 11, yeah. And so do you still, have you, I mean, when you're going for these auditions for big shows or whatever it is, it, it, do you still get that, those nervous or have, have you kind of got the, you know... Oh my God, I get so nervous. So nervous. <laughs> I mean, so nervous I I yeah (laughs) there's nothing like waiting as well to hear I think for me it's almost more nerve-wracking when you're waiting to hear about a part like Mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's that's the biggest nerves 
they're not. And that moment. never goes yeah. away. I mean, I don't know. For me, it hasn't gone away, and it's been like how many years? Seven years now. Hasn't gone away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's part of the joy of it. I mean, the whole thing about being an actor is kind of the whole job is based on your emotions, isn't it? And kind of your ability to mm-hmm. access them. So it makes sense that it would be an emotional process to get the job as well. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of pressure on you, I suppose, it's like for, at a young age to kind of be able to be in those environments and go through really challenging auditions and things like that. Like, as when you, I suppose you're getting a bit more used to it now, but when you were younger, is it, was it hard at first to kind of deal with those pressures? Uh, yeah, when I was younger, I think it was hard with the auditions. I really, when I was really young, like when I, when I was 11, um, I struggled with the rejection element of it. I remember there was a point right before I got my first job, which was the nether, which was like amazing. I'm so happy that I didn't move. But I was like, I said to my mom, I was like, mom, I can't, I can't do this. I mean, I had done like a hundred auditions maybe. And I was just like, mom, I haven't gotten any of these. I keep getting cut. Like, I just, I'm not good enough. We just need to move back home to Italy. Like I'm not good enough. And then I went in for the nether and then I got to read with the director and then it got cast and I don't know I mean it comes it always comes out of nowhere it always comes out of nowhere like especially when even now like I kind of assumed that because we're in lockdown things would be quiet you know but it's been like busiest time of my life probably in terms of auditions it's crazy but I love it like I love self-taping so I'm quite lucky on that like I really enjoy it so I'll spend hours doing something <laughs> I'm quite a perfectionist so if I don't like something there's a there's a job right now that I'm in you know recalls for there's a few that I'm in recalls for but um you know for my first tapes for them like it's not like I just film it once and I'm like done I, I literally spent probably there's one audition there's one job that I'm up for at the moment that I love but um I probably for my first audition for it I must have spent like six hours filming this two minute tape because I was just like no it's not right I need to do it until it's right (laughs) but I don't know if I necessarily (laughs) recommend that because that's quite (laughs) draining and quite like a perfectionist yeah I suppose the more you watch it as well I guess you can be a bit like oh no that there's always little things you can think I think you can do sometimes watch it back and you've been doing it for six hours and you're like I like the first one best (laughs) yeah I know exactly what you mean actually um yeah no yeah absolutely I mean I mean you talked a little bit there about social media um you know sort of getting messages and stuff it's nice that you're getting nice messages as well but like what is it like like when you've had the sort of negative more messages like you you know because I suppose for a young person as well you're probably gonna have to deal with that as you get older and you get more you're on television and big shows you know the more you probably will have to deal with that but what is it like to experience, I guess, for the first time when you're not getting some messages from people, strangers, weird messages or negative messages from strangers? I get a lot of weird messages. Yeah. Okay. Which I kind of, I don't know, I didn't expect it. Because I was like, how can you write yeah. a weird message? I don't know. I mean, I know that people can kind of find weirdness in anything, but I mean, yeah. There's a lot of very, I think like once I turned 18, I started getting a lot of weird messages from very old men online. Mm. But um, I kind of just right. sort of delete them and just don't really look at them because I don't know it just also it kind of makes me nervous it makes me feel like oh have I done something wrong like have I been like am I posting something Mm. weird that like people are writing back to this and then I'm like I'm not going to blame myself for other people messaging me weird things like anyway but um no I mean I'm quite lucky in the sense that I haven't experienced like loads of 
negative messages. I haven't really gotten that many, but um, I'm sure, like, in my life I will. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, it's the internet, so you have to take everything with a grain of salt because people are always going to feel much more confident saying things online than they would in real life. I always think, like, would this person yeah. ever say this to my face? Probably not. So, no, you, ne- you never, never happen. So, like, never, never happen. I mean... Even some of the nice ones, I'm like, they probably wouldn't say this to my face. Like, like they're nice. Not like, I'm not talking about the ones that are like paragraph uh, explaining yeah, yeah. I mean, like nice ones, like, oh, you're so, you're so pretty. But I'm like, you know, no one would ever say that like to my face. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but I don't know. I just think the internet can be a really nice place. I've also seen the weirdness of it. Like, but mm-hmm. I, I'm thankful. I can, I can deal with the weirdness of it because then there's those really kind messages like the ones I talked about and those are what, you know, those are what make all those weird messages, you know, worth going through everything yeah. for. Yeah. How would you say, you know, what advice would you give to people your age that do get those weird messages? Was it just like, I guess, just shake it off kind of thing? Just you Yeah, know, like just don't, don't engage. Like don't engage with it. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of the time people will say really, really weird things and really inappropriate things to kind of provoke you into answering them mm-hmm. it's just not worth it because like just especially if they're like weirdly kind of negative in a weird way like don't give people the satisfaction mm-hmm. of replying to them just kind of delete it and don't think about it because yeah. in real life if someone doesn't have the courage to say it to you in real life then they obviously don't mean it that much don't they, they yeah. obviously can't be that secure yeah. in their statement if they wouldn't say it to you in real life mm-hmm. so that's how i always see it yeah so, yeah yeah, that's a really good good uh, analogy, Thank I think, to, to have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, as well, as well. Like when you're studying. So, what um, was it? Which school did you go to again? Uh, well, the... I went to Sylvia's up until Sylvia up Young, until yeah. uh, I was sixteen, and then I went to Arts Ed for mm-hmm. sixth form. Yeah, and so I mean, I guess as well, like those environments could have pressures on you, right? For girls and sort of the, uh, you know, was your experience at drama school and everything like nice? Because like people that I've had on, you know, I mean, you know, Andrew Keats, you spoke about his time at mm-hmm. drama school. We've had different actors and actresses on as well. But and it, it te- people either tend to say amazing experience, best experience of my life, or they say, yeah, you know, there was some really awful moments that you know a lot of pressure a lot of bitchiness a lot of um so I don't know what was your experience I was really lucky actually I think that that's good I think that I was lucky though because I so when I was at Sylvia's and it sounds weird but like my best friends were like the teachers like I just loved the teachers I think that Mm -hmm. also probably came from the fact that I was working with adults all the time so I was kind of more used I felt more comfortable and less insecure communicating with adults than I did with people my own age I felt really nervous and insecure Mm. around people my own age but when it came to adults because I was used to working with them I was like okay well I know how to speak to these people like I know how to speak to adults but oddly I was like oh god I don't I don't know how to speak to people my age so most of my friends were like I say friends but like I got on really well with the teachers there and I think that that also came in handy in the sense that then if I had like an audition, I could talk to them and be like, what advice do you have without being afraid to you know, go and approach them? But all the teachers at Sylvia's were like so nice to the point where, I mean, I still talk to them all the time now. Uh, and then at Art said, I think that's when I really came into my own in the sense of I gained so much confidence and I made so many friends, like friends for life at Art said. I think because I had kind of grown more confident in myself I was less insecure I was able to kind of 
talk to people my own age finally and kind of be able to really make like good long lasting friendships and so mm-hmm. I feel like yeah art said's definitely yeah amazing for like I think art said art said's just one huge family especially in terms of the students too like it's amazing honestly and but the teachers as well like I've teachers from art said that I will genuinely just call and go oh god can we go for coffee like before COVID and stuff uh mm-hmm. I mean I'd be like, can we just come go for coffee? And like, I want to talk about this assignment. It's so interesting. Like, I want to get your opinions on this. And I do a lot of script writing in my own time. So I'd be like, oh, can you read my, can you read oh, my um, first draft? Like, and give me some notes. Like, and tell me what you think. What can I do with this character? What can I do to make this more interesting in the storyline? And it was just great. I mean, genuinely, I had such a good experience at both schools. That's great. So are you hoping to do a bit of writing as well? Like as you, Definitely. you know, progress into things. Yeah. Is that something you're passionate about as well as, cause I know you sing, I know you act like, you know, is writing something that you're very passionate I about love as well. Writing. I love writing. My yeah. ultimate dream in life is to write and act in my own, either film or TV series. That's my dream. I right. want to so badly or play, to be honest, any, any, I want to write and act in a project that I've created. Um, I've written, I, I write with my friends, actually. I write from with two of my friends from Artsed. Um I've written, I wrote one play over lockdown. My friend and I, we would FaceTime for like three hours every day and just write. Um, so we wrote a play about, we wrote this kind of heightened, very um, like theatre of cruelty kind of play about class in England and kind of the connotations and sort of preconceived notions that come with class and come with your accent and sort of how people will treat you depending on that um more like in the upper class community um but it was really interesting and then now we're writing a play about consent um for girls and boys kind of in our age group because uh, I think that that's something that's really important that's not necessarily, you know, covered, like, completely in school. I don't think that's something that really gets touched mm-hmm. on that much. And I think that it is something that should... One thing, I there was this quote that was up in Sylvia's that I loved, and it was, um, don't settle for consent, strive for enthusiasm. And it was like, I just thought that that was such a good quote. That's always stuck with me, and I was like, that's something that everyone should be taught all the time, because... I think that that's so important, you know, for people my age to be taught about. Um, but I'm also writing play. I'm writing a lot of plays. I'm writing one with my friend, Alistair. I'm writing two at the same time, kind of, in different blocks. Okay, um, nice. And we're writing a play, and it's all set in a pub in London. And it's really nice. interesting, actually. It's really cool. Um, but I'm really enjoying that, you know, so... I, I love writing. Yeah, it's like a good. huge release for me. So, yeah. And as a performer, I guess, what was your main passion then? Was it was it more acting or singing, or was it just natural performer? Was there something that you sort of really got you into the world of performing, wanting to do it? I think it's. I've always loved. I think the first thing. Oh God, I don't know. I really came into kind of acting and singing at the same time, mm. if that makes sense. So I right. feel like I've always loved both. Um, my favourite is when I get to kind of put the two together, sort of. 
like singing and acting. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily musical theatre even. Like I know that there's lots of films that do singing and acting and stuff and I, I really love that. Um but yeah, I mean I just I just find I love performing. I love performing. I love dancing as well. Um but I haven't been able to do that as much recently, but I've really gotten back into it actually in the past few weeks. Um at home, you know, as much as uh, <laughs> but I think I think it just comes from kind of I don't know, it's just kind of like escapism, isn't it? It's like that I love. Yeah. I think about it. I've always loved that but, since I was little. Yeah. Do you find that with writing as well, though? Like, that escapism when you're writing? Just that it kind of takes you away, I guess, from everything that's kind of going on in the world right now and you're just kind of in your own world that you're creating. Yeah, I love writing. In a weird way, I kind of... I don't know if you've... I the, the only, I've only seen one TV series that really shows how I feel in my head when I'm writing. Have you ever watched Jane the Virgin? You yeah. know when she's writing and then she's got the characters mm-hmm. and they're, like, speaking in front of her and she's just writing what they say? Yeah, that's how yeah, I yeah. feel. I feel like yeah. I can look that's how you feel. Okay, that's interesting. Me and I'm just writing down what they're saying. Like I play out these conversations yeah. in my head and I just write it down. But um, I really love it. That's I think nice. that that was also funnily. I I love that show, but I loved watching kind of the joy that she got when she was writing. So I watched that when mm-hmm. I was really young. So I started writing kind of. When I watched that show, I was like, oh, I want to experience this. So I start writing, and then I've just I've always, I've always been into it, you know. But I love it. I've always written short stories, like even when I was little. But yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. And and I mean, how? I mean, obviously, I've heard you singing. You've got an amazing voice. Who was who? Who was your um musical influences? You know, singers that you looked up to when you were younger. When I was younger, I mean, one of the first things that I ever sang, I was obsessed with the song "Masquerade" from Phantom of the Opera don't know what I was just obsessed yeah. with it I'd play it on a loop and I would dance around um to be honest I was trained in opera so growing up uh my singing teacher was probably my biggest inspiration her name was Stefania Antoniazzi uh and she was probably my biggest inspiration because I just I would hear her sing when we were doing singing lessons at her house in Italy and I would just I wanted to stand with her so badly mm-hmm. she's a professional opera singer um so yeah, I wouldn't say anyone famous when I was younger, probably. I would probably just say her and kind of, um, yeah, like Italian. Italy is a really beautiful place in the sense that you can hear singing in a lot of places you wouldn't expect to. So, like, you'll pass a church and you'll always hear, because they're always, sometimes they're empty, like, they'll just leave them empty during the day and you can just go in and sing if you want to. So, like, instead of. Um, when I lived there, my favorite thing to do is if we ever saw a church, I would go in and I would sing. Like, I don't know, I would sing something, like I'd sing an aria or something. Um, and that was my that was my favourite thing to do. Uh, I remember I, I loved the opera Carmen. And I sang, I loved singing songs from Carmen when I was little. Um, so I would always go into churches and sing Carmen. But yeah, <laughs> sounds really weird. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of, that's one of my favourite things actually about where I grew up, was the fact that you've got these beautiful, like, resonant, spaces where you can just sing and it just literally sounds like you're in heaven it's amazing mm-hmm. that's yeah were you were you were you a fan of musical theater as well as oh definitely um like, i was actually a fan yeah, of yeah. opera first and then when yeah. i realized when i was like five i was like oh phantom of the opera is a musical maybe i should listen to other musicals 
so I started listening to you know other musicals and I started performing then in like the community theatre that we had uh, in our town um, mm-hmm. and I've just loved it ever since I remember one of my favourite roles was one of my first roles was Annie I was Annie in Annie which is funny because then yes, I was actually yeah. Annie in Annie in the UK um, but before mm-hmm. I was Annie in Italy um, and I remember I was so into the character that I told my mom I was going to my friend's house when I was not, I was nine and I went and I got my hair dyed permanently red. I got my hair bleached and dyed red. And How because my mom's friend was a hairdresser and I was like, no, my mom said it was fine. And she was like, okay. Oh, okay. And so she did it. And then my mom was like, what did you do? And I was like, oh. <laughs> but anyway, it took like two years to grow out, but you know, it was an experience. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can really I'm sure it was. But uh, I've always been very into committing to the role. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always just loved, I love performing. Um, yeah. And I love like costume and makeup and things that go with performing, like the kind of layers that you get to put on to kind of take on the character. That's something that I love. That's something I always find really mm. helps me get into characters, the costume, actually. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you been. Um watching anything much on netflix and stuff over lockdown any sort of series and things you've been into oh i've gotten back in to lost lost okay yeah well back in the day i watched it yeah a long time ago but yeah i but yeah, watched I it when i was it. really little like when i was 10 yeah and i didn't really remember it but i remembered bits and pieces and it came up on apple tv and i was like ah oh, i'm gonna rewatch lost <laughs> but mm-hmm. i watched the undoing which i loved like an amazing performance and I recently watched Pieces of a Woman uh which was like heartbreaking and then I watched Promising Young Woman I don't know if you've seen that have you watched Promising Young Woman no you I definitely watched that it's so good it was such a surprise I clicked on it and I was like ah oh, I'm just gonna watch this it has a cool cover and then without reading like the description of what it was about and I watched it and I was so surprised and I've never cried so hard at the end of film so good yeah, you should definitely nice. watch that. Yeah. That's my top recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> Any re- are you reading as well at the minute? Because I know you write. Do you read much as well yes, when you're I'm at home? Yes, I'm reading Americana at the moment. By she's by my favorite oh, okay. author, Chimanda Ngozi She wrote um, Purple Hibiscus, which is one of my favorite books like of all time. Uh, a lot of her books are set in Nigeria, and I find it really interesting to like learn about the culture there and kind of you know like the religious side of it, and then. She talks about it like from feminine, like from a feminist perspective, and I think I think it's really interesting. So I would really recommend that. Okay, yeah. Uh, amazing, yeah. And I suppose, I mean, what what do you sort of see hope for? You know, I guess post COVID, <laughs> I suppose. You know, luckily, you know, we're getting the vaccines out there, and hopefully, you know, this time next year we'll all be able to laugh about all this that it's, it's all you know it's all happened and gone. Um, but yeah, what are you kind of hoping for sort of in the future for yourself? Are you hoping to write more, act more, sing more? What, you know? Uh, I'm up for a lot of things that would let me like travel and go to really cool places. I'd love to do that. Great. I'd love to take advantage of the freedom of post-COVID and go travel mm-hmm. and like see different places in the world I haven't been to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, you've got some cool yeah. things lined up <laughs> I look forward to seeing look forward to seeing more of you Thank on the screen you. like I feel 
I feel like a proud big brother oh. when I see you on screen. I'm like, I'm like, oh, there she is. It's, I remember you. I'm trying to think how old you were when I met you. Well, how old were you? 14? Uh, yeah, I must have been like 14. 14, 14. Yeah, 13, 14. Yeah, it was um, really amazing to watch you in Finding Alice. I mean, I suppose to finish, yeah. Isabella, what, Isabella, what would you kind of, you know, advice to people that your age that are perhaps interacting, studying at, you know, theatre school or whatever it might be? What's sort of the advice you'd give to to girls your age, I suppose, that you picked up? I would give it to them and I would also give it to myself because I feel like it's really easy to say, I feel like this advice was very easy to give when I was doing interviews and I wasn't in like the final for any jobs. But like when you're in like deep into recalls, you, your perception of things kind of gets a bit skewed. So I'm going to give it to them and I'm going to give it to myself is rejection, not getting a job does not define you and it does not define the quality of your acting it's a lot of the time down to something that you can't control and your self-worth should never be based on your job your self-worth should be based on the way that you feel when you act the way that you feel about yourself and the way that you make others feel so I would give that advice to never base your self-worth on your jobs like your successes or your rejections because both are necessary to make a good actor you need success and you need rejection to build like kind of the foundation for acting you can't have one without the other so i would say that yeah amazing well isabella i'm looking forward to seeing you more on screen you're writing as well i'm gonna be looking out for that (laughs) i won't forget about that but i need you to before you go i need you to promise that when you're one of the biggest names in the country you will come back on the podcast and speak to me again i mean (laughs) i don't think that's gonna happen but i will definitely i would love to come back on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) brilliant you You take care isabella love to your family So there we go, a wonderful chat with uh, Isabella there. Um, like I said, big things that come from her, I'm sure. Like, I'm excited for her. I think there's going to be some really, really big moments with Isabella for us to for us to see. Um, so yeah, be sure to check out Finding Alice. Be sure to check out the second series of it as well that's coming out soon. Uh, but if you haven't watched the first series yet, yes, I really recommend it. I've caught up with it now. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see what the second series has to offer when that's out. Um, Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Shapes of Stories and on Instagram under Prestige Books. And um, yeah, I'll see you again next time. Cheers.